Hi, I'm Kate Boyle, and welcome to the Mind Movement Health Podcast. Each week, I'll be bringing you health information from diet and lifestyle to movement and nutrition. My aim is to bring you bite-sized pieces of information that you can instigate into your everyday life to change your health. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Mind Movement Health Podcast for this week. I'm your host, Kate Boyle, and this week we are chatting all about hypermobility and reducing joint pain. So a lot of you guys have let me know you've really enjoyed the podcast episodes where we've been diving into our body physically, you know, lower back pain, joint pain. Uh, One of our previous episodes with osteoarthritis with Valerie Bajinski is one of our most listened to episodes. So if you haven't checked that episode out yet, I'll pop it in the show notes there. Definitely tune into that. If you have osteoarthritis, if you want to prevent it, or you just want to limit and reduce any joint pain you may have in your body. But today we're going to be chatting about hypermobility. So What is hypermobility? Well, hypermobility refers to having a greater range of movement in the joints. And you'll most commonly see this in the ankle, the knee, the hip, okay, shoulders as well, and then into the neck. So, you know, where we've got these greater range of movements through our joints, that's where we tend to see the hypermobility and often see more of the problems happening as well. Now, there can just be general hypermobility, but we do have, you know, some specific names, hypermobile Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, and that encompasses 13 different types of hypermobility. And it's the most common type that you'll see within the community is about sort of 85 to 90% of all hypermobility cases fall into these categories. Um, And then there's also the hypermobility spectrum disorder. So the hypermobility spectrum disorder is not as common seen. Both of these, you know, you can go get diagnosed by your physio. There's tests that they can put you through, but it pretty much looks at, you know, your range of movement in in various um, ways. But these two different types are heritable disorders of the connective tissue. So what that means is it is inherited. It's passed on from parent to child and it affects our connective tissue in the sense that you don't have as much elastin and collagen. So therefore, you don't have as much stability in your connective tissue and as much stability in your joints. So if you are sort of listening in and thinking, oh, I think I might have some hypermobility, but but what, you know, determines you to have it? Generally, you'll sort of see uh, most people will either lock their knees back. You might have a greater range of movement through your ankles uh, or your thumbs and feet are a big one. So you'll often see people be able to press their thumbs right back towards their forearm, um, locking the knees back, as I said, um, doing, you know, putting yourself in contortion poses. So even if you're a child, if you were that type of child that was really flexible, could do the splits without trying or, you know, a back bend over, then that, you know, is a pretty much sure sign that you've got hypermobility as well. So this sort of joint dysplasia, being more prone to having dislocations, sprains, you know, rolling the ankle, they're all common signs that you may have some form of hypermobility. Now, you can develop hypermobility 
just from, you know, when you're a child, if you did a lot of athletic training like calisthenics or dancing or gymnastics where you really are working into that flexibility, you can develop more of that hypermobile joint range. Um, if you were born with a dysplasia of a joint, so hip dysplasia is really common, you might have hypermobility. But again, most often you'll fall into the heads or the hypermobile Ehlers-Danlos syndrome where you will have some kind of genetic inherited link where it affects your connective tissue. Now, if it affects your connective tissue, then that means that you have less collagen and less elastin, which are two of your major proteins that make up your connective tissue. Now, this is what allows for that greater movement of your joints because your connective tissue is not as strong as stable, and so those joints can move past the normal range. It also puts you at a higher risk of injury because you don't have that stability, which is the downside of it. So if you, you know, have been a dancer, as I have in the past, and I have, you know, a level of hypermobility, it can be really fantastic for your sport if you are extremely flexible for the type of sport that you're doing. You can make sure that you have beautiful lines, you know, when you're dancing and all the rest of it. But the downside is that you are more prone to injuries because you just don't have that joint stability. So something to be aware of, especially if you've got kids doing sport. I know my youngest definitely has hypermobility. I can see it in her legs and that already. So, you know, just keeping an eye on it, making sure that they're staying nice and strong so that they're less prone to having those injuries even as they're growing up through sport. So I think that's something, you know, as a mum, something just to be aware of too. So the most type of common injuries that you will see will be strains and sprains. So, you know, ankle sprains, muscle pain and spasms, and then dislocations. So, you know, we've all got a friend that's weirdly dislocated their shoulder or their knee, you know, something like that has happened and you may find that they might have some form of hypermobility as well. Now, the other side of hypermobility that isn't talked about as much are the other sort of co-effects that can come along with it. So if you are listening and thinking, yeah, my joints, you know, move, I think I might be hypermobile. There are other things that can come with that hypermobility, which includes slower wound healing. You know, you may bruise more easily. You may have more stretch marks. And that's because that connective tissue doesn't have those higher levels of the elastin and the collagen to really keep it nice and strong. When you were, you know, born and growing up, you may have had a delay in learning how to walk. You may feel that you're a bit more uncoordinated than you should be. Uh, Low blood pressure, heightened sympathetic nervous system, you know, that can all be related back to the hypermobility as well. Even things like, you know, chronic fatigue, osteoarthritis, as we just talked about at the start of this uh, podcast, um, autoimmune conditions, fibromyalgia, um, osteoporosis and osteopenia, you know, building up that bone strength can be a little bit harder because you don't have that joint stability. So all of these things can be interlinked back to having hypermobility. And it's one of those things I'll often see in the studio People will come to me, it's generally by the time they hit their sort of 40s or 50s and they're having some type of either, you know, chronic lower back pain, hip pain, it might even be neck pain. And when we do the postural assessment straight away, we can see that there is some level of hypermobility. And they may say, you know, even with their neck pain, you know, they find obviously they might have trouble sleeping. They might have things like chronic fatigue or just 
feeling fatigued, um, that low blood pressure might be combining. So you might find that some of the other health issues that are coming through are related back to that hypermobility as well. And I think it's just something that we might not be aware of, but something, you know, that's really important to be aware of, because if you can start to work on that hypermobility and really build that joint strength and the muscle strength around the joints to support them, then you may find you, you know, if you've got osteopenia or osteoporosis, that you can actually reduce that and really build on that bone strength. Another really important thing to highlight, especially for women, is due to having you know less collagen and elastin because of that hypermobility, it means that our connective tissue, even in our pelvic floor, is weakened or you know off to a, a slower start, as you may say, because it doesn't have the same amount of muscle tone. That means that you need to work harder on building up that pelvic floor strength to prevent leakage, incontinence. Uh, pelvic floor prolapse, you know, organ prolapse means we're more prone to having these things occurring. So working on that strength is more important than ever. And, you know, if you've had a baby and you know that, you know, after we have a baby, especially through that vaginal delivery, but also if you're just having a C-section, we will have, you know, more of a weakened pelvic floor just due to that weight of that baby, you know, you know, being on that pelvic floor for that nine month period and then that potential birth as well, where there might be trauma that occurs. If you're post baby and you know that you're hypermobile, then you know that you definitely need to do, you know, your pelvic floor strengthening exercises and potentially work with a pelvic floor physio just to make sure that you stay on top of keeping that pelvic floor nice and strong, but also flexible as we need it. And you can also apply this to women going through menopause too. We know as we go through menopause and our levels of estrogen and progesterone drop that we do get pelvic floor weakness. So again, if you know that you're hypermobile and you know you're having some issues with your pelvic floor strength, then definitely focus on building up that strength and again, working with a pelvic floor physio as you need to help build that strength. And finally, I just want to mention as well that you may find along with being hypermobile, you may be more susceptible to gastrointestinal upsets and constipation. So again, it can have that role, it can affect your blood pressure, you know, it can affect your heart health and your cardiovascular health, really every area of the body. So it just means that you need to be on top of your health 100% as we're all trying to do anyway. But if you're looking for some missing links or you're wondering why you may sort of find that you have a lot more issues with gastrointestinal stuff and you know I'm a good testament to that in the sense that I developed and you know an egg allergy after having my second baby and then more recently you know an allergy with cheese and whether or not that has any relation back to part of my hypermobility it might have some um, but it's I know that I do have to be really on top of my you know gut health because otherwise I do tend to be more prone to having gut issues as well. So if you are listening in and you're like, yes, I already know I'm definitely hypermobile, or maybe you think you might be hypermobile and you are having some, you know, back pain, neck pain, hip pain, what should you start to do to really start to build up your strength and look after those joints and minimize the effects of hypermobility? Well, there's a number of things that you can be doing, but 
What I always do when I'm speaking and working with clients in the studio, I often find the people that are hypermobile, they love to stretch. They love to do things like yoga and hold long stretches and they really go deeper into a stretch than say the average person would go in because it takes them, you know, they have to go deeper into the stretch to feel that stretch because of that hypermobility. So if you kind of are feeling like that too, or you were thinking, oh, maybe I wasn't hypermobile, but that rings a bell. Unfortunately, when it comes to work, we want to reduce that flexibility or that range of your stretching. So we're not saying that stretching is bad if you're hypermobile, but we are saying you do need to be more careful because you have that extended joint range. So when I'm working with a client, I always say, you know, you can do your stretches, but you want to aim to sort of go to about 80 to 90% of what your maximum would be in that stretch. Don't dive into that 100% because that's when you are going to be putting excess stress on. On those joints when it certainly doesn't need any more extra stress. Hi everyone, I'm interrupting this podcast just quickly to let you know about Lean 14. If you want to have more energy, lose weight, start moving and just feel really good again, but maybe you're not sure where to start, then definitely check out my program Lean 14. Now, Lean 14 is a complete program with a 14-day food and meal plan, recipes, shopping lists, Pilates workouts, templates for meal prepping and goal setting, as well as video trainings to help you kickstart your health and fitness. It really provides you with an easy to follow, clear plan of where to start with your diet, nutrition, looking after yourself, and the best bit, you can start at any time and there's no crazy food or expensive equipment or complicated instructions involved. It's really simple, it's easy, and best of all, it's effective. And I don't want you to miss out. To grab it now, simply head over to the show notes and click the Lean 14 link or head on over to the Mind Movement Health website and under the Programs tab, you can hit Lean 14. Now, this program is based on my 18 years of experience of working in the health and fitness field and the results that I've gotten for thousands of women that I have worked with during that time. So head on over to the show notes and check it out because it will change your life. Also, the flexibility part of your routine needs to only be a small part. You've already got extra flexibility around those joints. So what we really want to start to do is work on the strength of the muscles surrounding those joints to really build up strength and stability. And we want to start to incorporate that by working on our posture and our motor control. So posturally, we want to make sure that we're nice and strong. We've got a really good alignment and we're building up our body awareness. So, you know, we can start to tell when our head is dropping forward because we've been working at the computer too long or looking at our phones too long. You know, we want to start to make sure that when we're standing, we can have a nice even weight placement through the feet and not feel like we're sitting into one hip. You know, that sort of, you know, pop into one hip again, that's another thing that with that hypermobility or tension to want to sit into one hip and really pop that hip out to the side. So building that postural awareness, bringing that weight back to the two feet, making sure that you can feel your core connection, you know, your glutes being able to fire, building up this strength and body awareness is super important. Now you can start to do this 
by doing Pilates, okay, working with an instructor like myself who is trained to work with people with hypermobility, okay, otherwise look at doing some form of strength training. So whether or not that's body weight exercises, it's adding in some light weights at home, maybe you're going to do some Pilates at home, you know, again, with my online membership, that is the beauty of it and the members love that, you know, if they can't come into the studio, they can do their workouts at home and they can build their strength in a really safe way through Pilates. So resistance training, you want to be adding it in at least two to three times a week at the minimum, because you really want to focus on building that strength, especially as we said, that postural awareness, that core strength, and then focusing on closed chain exercises. So when you're first starting out, closed chain exercises means that you've got a surface against your joints. So hands down on the floor, feet on the floor, you know, really connecting down that you can say, move up into your bridge and push down through your feet. Those closed chain exercises are really great for providing that feedback and keeping you in a really safe and great position to start with. We also want to start with smaller ranges, you know, especially when you're hypermobile, you can go into great big ranges, but you might not have the strength around the joints to support you in those ranges. So really starting small and building from there. So focusing on form first and foremost, and you know, lower reps if you're starting to get tired. Otherwise, reduce the range, okay, and start to really build up on those reps as much as you can. And a really basic one to add in, which I pretty much do with all my clients. And if you've listened to the podcast before, you definitely would have heard me talking about learning how to sit and stand correctly, making sure that you're pressing down through your two feet, that you've got nice, even amount of weight through both of your sit bones in sitting, that when you lean forward to stand up, you can feel that glute activation, just starting with some of these really basic movements. And again, building the reps through them is going to help build up that joint strength as well. Now, another area that most people don't think about, they hear that they have hypermobility and they've got pain and they know that they need to start doing some form of strength and resistance training, whether or not that be Pilates, you know, or gym work or working with a uh, trainer, they go, okay, I understand that, but they don't think about their breath. And as we know, our breath is everything. Okay. If we've got a dysfunctional breath pattern and our diaphragm isn't moving up and down properly, then the fascia connected to that diaphragm isn't going to move properly and it's going to get stuck. And then that's when we start to feel tightness in our back, you know, up into our neck, all of these types of things. We may be breathing and using our accessory muscles of our neck, our scalenes, which are at the front of our neck or our upper trap muscles at the top of the shoulders. So we may have excess muscles trying to come in to play when we breathe that don't need to be activating and they create more tension in the body also. So going back to that, we also know that stabilization of our joints, you know, especially our feet, our ankles, pelvis, and our thoracic, so our spine, our shoulders and our neck are super important. 
But the thorax is a really big area. People that are hypermobile, they'll often be very stiff in that mid-back or thoracic region of the spine, and it does need mobilization, but it also needs to be taught that segmental control throughout their movement. So one that we often do, and you'll see, you know, if you follow me on Instagram, okay, if you have tuned into the podcast, you know, I've talked about bridging before. And with the Pilates bridge, where you're lying on your back with your knees bent and your feet on the floor, and we lift our bottom up into the air, we start to peel our spine up to the ceiling, vertebrae by vertebrae, working on that segmental control of the spine. We hold at the top. And then as we start to roll down through that bridge, we again work on that segmental movement. Now, that is just one example of building up the mobilization of your spine, but with control, adding in smaller movements of rotation, depending on what stage that you're at, and lateral extension. And, you know, all of these different movements, but with control is really important as well. Because as I said, one of the sort of things that you'll find with hypermobility is you'll find that that mid back gets really stiff and it might not be sore. You actually might find you get lower back pain or neck pain. So you might have pain elsewhere, but you know that you just have a really stiff sort of thorax and mid thoracic spine. So once you've sort of focused in and practice your breathing, and if you want to dive into a little bit of breath, breath work, go back and listen to our breath work uh, podcast episode, which again, will link up in the show notes for you just to dive into understanding the breath, why it's so important, how it affects all areas of our life, you know, everyday life moving around, trying to get, you know, more out of our performance and concentration and also more out of your performance when you are doing exercise. It is so fundamental. So going back to that breath work and then building on and adding things like your bridging, working on your core strength where we do things like knee floats and up, up, down, down, um, four point kneeling, you know, again, closed chain, opposite arm and leg reach, um, crouch holds where you're in that four point kneeling position, lifting those knees. So balance work, you know, standing, into the floor. Maybe it's calf rises, it's single leg work. It's working through all these exercises in these different positions to build up that segmental control around each joint, you know, through the spine, and then also that nice joint strength so that when you are doing your everyday activities, you know, sitting, standing, twisting, you know, bending, that you've got really good control. A lot of people will always come in and say, I wasn't doing anything. And then, you know, my knee just started hurting. I don't remember a a certain, I didn't fall or I didn't hit it or I didn't do anything in particular. You know, I was just, you know, taking the dog for a walk. And then when I got back, my knee was throbbing. And it's, you know, it's again, it's just that final straw that comes, you know, at the very end. So if we can really build up our strength slowly, consistently over time, then those injuries that occur out of the blue are less likely to occur. And finally, you know, I just want to say too that if you are, you know, you think you have some hypermobility and maybe you are suffering some pain or maybe you are, you know, you have an autoimmune condition like fibromyalgia and you know you find it difficult to move energy-wise and, you know, you can see that you don't have a lot of strength, you might feel weak, then this is when it's ideally, you know, work with somebody that you trust, work with a trainer, work with a Pilates instructor that is 
aware or is familiar with hypermobility. You know, go see a physio that can do some tests. Again, as I said before, you might just have that excess joint range and then you might end up with pain, but you also may have some underlying things that can't be explained, even things like anxiety and that can double team up with hypermobility. So these are the things that might not be explained that makes it harder for you to feel like you have the energy or the strength to exercise. And that's why Pilates is so amazing because you can start at a really basic level and feel really comfortable and supported in building that strength slowly over time and know that some days, you know, you might have an autoimmune condition that flares up or the pain might be worse and that your instructor or wherever you're doing that, can they can work with you through that, you know, do a lighter session, but that consistency of continuing to keep going will build that strength and resilience over time. So if in doubt, then definitely reach out and work with someone hypermobility, you know, a lot more people know about it now. They know how it affects the different systems of the body. It's not just the joints. Okay. And they will work with you to build a program for where you're at. And it's something that I love doing with my clients and even just building that awareness because most people that, you know, that I work with, they are in pain and they don't realize that the hypermobility is a big thing. And a really common one is lower back pain. And I'll say to them, what I want you to do for your homework is just avoid locking your knees. When you're standing, which is seems very simple, but is actually really hard for someone that's hypermobile and been doing it for many years. When you're standing, just keep your knees slightly relaxed and keep that weight nice and even through your feet. And just that little change alone can reduce their pain so much. So, you know, becoming aware of your joints, where they are in space, limiting that hypermobility and making those small changes over time can make a really big difference. So on that, let's wrap it up there. If you didn't know anything about hypermobility, I really hope you did. If you've been listening in going, yep, tick, 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 I think that might be me. Uh, I hope this is giving you some inspiration to go off you know, explore that hypermobility and start building some strength. Um, But as always, remember, this information is not tailored and individual. So please go off, you know, speak out to your um, health practitioner, your physio, your Pilates instructor, and find the right program that will work for you and your body. Otherwise, have an amazing week, everybody. I super enjoy chatting to you guys every week and receiving your feedback. Uh, So please, you know, reach out on Instagram at My Movement Health. Let me know if you enjoyed the episode. Otherwise, have a fantastic week and I'll see you again next week on the podcast. Thanks for listening into the podcast. Please hit subscribe to be updated for each time we release a new podcast.